Hello, this is uh, Sylvia Syred with her humble podcast. Um, and I'm interviewing my friend Michael Pockley today. He is, well, you say yourself what you are or who you are. Um, okay, right. Well, I think Sylvia's interviewing me for the, the Zen background. So the first answer, of course, is who am I? I don't exist. Um, <laughs> but technically speaking, I'm a, a Zen priest. Um, and that's how Sylvia got to know me at first, because I set up a meditation group um, just outside Oxford, where we were both living. Um, at present, what am I? Um, well, I live in Prague. Uh, once you become a Zen priest, I suppose you can't really avoid it. Um, I was a teacher for many, many years, but I'm taking a break. And my main work at the moment is divided at the moment between academic editing for the Czech Academy of Sciences, where I do philosophy and theology, and I paint. And then there's little bits of Zen here and there. Yeah, so I'm interested in educating people about Zen. Well, Zen has come into my life uh, with you, Michael. Although I had a bit of a glimpse of a Zen-like practice when I was in Germany, which is where I come from. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> so it, it was called contemplation, contemplation practice. And all we did was did, sit in a Zen way, uh, trying to think nothing. <laughs> but that's, well, yeah, but people get very excited about Zen and they, you know, you wear special clothes and people read lots and lots and lots of sutras. But fundamentally, what you were doing was Zen. Yes, yes. Although um, I remember uh, it being a Christian practice at the time, and there was a bit of Christian narrative around this, and texts were read uh, from the Bible, and I didn't. It didn't sit well with me. What what I wanted was the non-story and the non-giving me any ideas, mm. uh, which is found in Zen, which I found in Zen. Well, um, actually, as it happens, I, I was introduced to meditation in the first place by somebody who, at the time, was a Christian, um, and he, he. I was at school with him. Uh, a boarding school and he noticed that I had some issues um, and so he introduced me to a couple of I suppose you could call them meditative practices um, visualizations um, and it was from there that I got more and more involved in meditation and ended up at Zen so I, 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 I although there are um, Christian meditation practices that are overtly Christian. Um, I think that probably actually we are all climbing the same mountain, just from different sides. And if you're a really, really good Christian, you know, not the bullshit kind, but the really good kind, um, you are identical to a really good Zen Buddhist and a really good Muslim and a really good Hindu and actually a really good humanist. Mm. Yeah. Now you've written a book about uh, Zen. What's it called? Um, so I've, I suppose there's, there's a couple of books um, that are relevant. One of them uh, is just a simple um, meditation guide because mm -hmm. um, Zen and meditation, actually the two words have the same root. And that's how to meditate on the train. Um, yes. Both, available yes. in about nine languages. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just a very short pocket guide with about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten simple meditation practices for beginners. 
Um, and then there's another book I did, which goes a bit deeper, called How to Become a Zen Priest Without Shaving Your Head. <laughs> and it has a bit of a, a picture on it of a, of a guy that you would think comes from, I don't know, uh, a mental facility. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's actually uh, Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I, I put him there because yeah, people get very religious about Zen. And the whole point of Zen is to let go, to take the burdens off your shoulders, to de-stress. And then people get into Zen and get very fixated on this religious thought and that religious thought and this discipline and that discipline. And that they do end up disappearing right up their own bottoms. Um, and although Jen, Johnny Rotten was, you know, could not be called a, a Zen practitioner, um, his punk ethos was to um, destroy all the preconceptions that society gives us. Um, and what, what he wanted to do was to destroy them to arrive at a, at a personal um, inner and actually societal anarchy. Um, and that's not my dream, um, but the destructive process is actually very, very similar to Zen. You, mm -hmm. you get rid of all these false pictures that have been built up. And you talked about your introduction to meditation with the added Christian bits. Mm -hmm. And people who are not Christians will think that a, a lot of the stuff that Christians believe are, are the added bits that maybe one could do best without. And from the Christian perspective, when you get rid of all that stuff about Sundays and church and judgment, sweep all that aside, from the Christian perspective, what you end up with is love. Yeah. And, um, is, that, is that a sense of love? How, how would you describe love in that context? What you end up with is with love. Well, I, I, I think in, in any context, um, if you get rid of the things that really don't matter, from, from my experience, the only feeling that's left is love. Yeah. Um, and, so... and, and, and I think that, um, and maybe I'm a bit heretical here and that a lot of people who do Zen, what they're trying to get is emptiness whatever the hell that means. Um, but if you're empty, then, you know, nature doesn't like a vacuum. Mm -hmm. And from my experience, the most natural thing to flow in once you're completely empty um, is love. And I, I don't want to go off on one of these um, new age things because I think a lot of people will use words and then attach meanings to words and then go off in a strange direction. Um, but it just seems that um, everything, it doesn't seem, I think, if you look at the physics, everything is connected. We're safe with that, but that's just a fact. Um, how they're connected, then we have different points of view. Um, but if everything is connected, then the idea that I feel attached to everyone and everything in the universe is just, is just natural. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that I would not feel any selfish preference for my own interests over anything else, again, becomes natural if we're all connected. And if you get rid of this empathy for the rest of the universe, or if, 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 you, if you have this empathy for the rest of the universe, and if you get rid of the selfish me preference, 
the only thing left really that feeling what i just described is love yeah yeah okay um so zen zen is a practice it's a path rather than a religion <laughs> depends who you're talking to i know um so somewhere in the cupboard actually i think it's stored in the in, in the cupboard above the cupboard i have a, a special zen suit um and that's definitely a, a piece of religious clothing you know you you don't put a special bit of kit on uh, unless you're being religious or doing sport um and so for some people zen is religious and that's not a bad thing if used correctly so for example i've been booked to do some meditation teaching sessions um later this summer and i will probably put the special clothes on um for that particular purpose because when you do that for certain types of people and i think that they are the type of people who might come to the sessions uh, they will listen harder if the person appears to speak with um the authority of an ancient yeah. religion yeah authority um, was coming to my mind as well yeah so it, it it can be suitable sometimes to treat zen as a religion um if it's useful mm -hmm. um however there are other times when treating it as a religion is is really unhelpful Uh, because what people end up doing is getting off on the smart clothing and the holier than thou and they end up trying to be humbler than everybody else and they're attached to being more detached than everybody else and the whole thing starts to um be self-defeating yeah yeah i've witnessed that actually mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think, um, and that's what I what I love about Zen. My favorite bit of Zen is the Harp Sutra. It's a very, very short um, passage. I don't know, about 30 lines. Um, and what it actually says is there is no path. There is no Zen. There is no me. There is no you. All these concepts, we just made them up. Yeah. And so the only sensible thing to do is, um, but my favorite um, sutra of the Buddha's, It, it, it is where he's asked, you know, do we follow this teaching or that teaching? He says, no, 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 no. It's very simple. Don't don't follow any teaching just because the old guys said it or just because it's traditional or just because it's holy. Only follow a teaching if you've tried it and you find it helpful. Yeah. Um, and so if it's helpful to treat Zen as a religion sometimes, that's the time to treat it as religion. And it's help if it's helpful just to turn up in your tracky pants um smelling of whiskey <laughs> do that and there will be occasions you know you meet some people um if, if who relate best to somebody who's informally dressed and smelling of whiskey and you want to teach them how to meditate that's how you should turn up mm -hmm. and you get other people who, who who feel more comfortable with a more formal approach fine so um what i'm hearing is you're tuning into the people you're teaching yeah absolutely absolutely because there is no one zen mm. um zen itself really all it means is as you said earlier actually contemplation it's, it's meditation yeah and 
Um, is it is it creating higher or deeper or whatever you call it consciousness? Is that is that is it? Does it fit in with the big consciousness movement? That, for example, I don't know. Do do you know um, Russell Brand? He is. Uh, is he is he into that? Oh, far out. Okay, I, I just know he's a very very rude comedian. Okay. Um, oh, he's lovely. He's great. I I like him. <laughs> um. I'd say that Zen's actually the opposite of that. What it's seeking to do is remove consciousness. Remove consciousness. Now you have to explain that to me. That so the aim is to be unconscious, or is that not the opposite of removing consciousness? Okay, so um, as I briefly mentioned earlier, uh, one side of my work is is, is as a theologian, and I, I used to teach theology um, to children. And they all knew, you know, sooner or later that I, I was not a Christian. But mainly what I taught was Christian theology because I, I was teaching in England where that's that's the traditional religion. Um, and they would say to me, well, yeah, sir, how can you teach Christianity if actually you're like a Zen priest? So I said, well, my favorite story um, from the Bible is the one where uh, Elijah goes up the mountain and uh, he needs to communicate with God because he's got a bit of a problem, like everybody's trying to kill him. Um, and when he's at the top of the mountain, the whole mountain starts shaking. It's really, really powerful force. He thinks, oh, wow, that's God. And he goes out of the cave. But God was not in the earthquake. Yeah, try not try not to move your computer. Oh, sorry, I've got my feet up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was just special effects. You're playing extra for the video. Um, and then there's this huge tornado comes along and again it shakes the very rocks and he goes out but god's not in the tornado it's huge things of nature and then the whole mountainside catches fire you're not just a burning bush the whole mountainside catches fire massive massive inferno and you go you know he looks but god's not there so he goes back into the cave and then he is. But he's 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 in the midst of the inferno. Are you saying that, or are you, is he witnessing that? Because if he was in the middle of the mountain and the whole mountain catches fire, so I guess there must be some magic stopping it. Quite weeping here. Yeah. Anyway, so there's been an earthquake. There's been this huge tornado, this hurricane, and yeah. there's been this massive conflagration. Right. Huge acts of nature, and particularly for a Jewish guy back then, you'd expect that to be where God is. He goes back into the cave. And he hears this very, 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 very gentle whisper. And that's when he covers his face, which is the, the, um, the traditional way of indicating humility before the presence of God. God is in this very gentle whisper. Now, mm -hmm. I used to say to the kids, that actually is him doing Zen. What's he doing in the cave? He's sitting quietly. He's sitting very, very quietly. Waiting for the inferno to go by. That's all gone. And the earthquake's gone. And the wind is gone. And he's just sitting very quietly. And yeah. if you sit quietly enough, you will hear a very gentle voice of wisdom. And in different traditions, we call it different things. You know, if you're a Buddhist, it, 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 it could be enlightenment or, or, or Kensho or Satori. Um, if you're a Christian, it's the voice of God. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. But to access this, 
what we need to do is shut up. And that's where meditation comes in. Now, for, for a Christian, when they pray, I, I believe what they're trying to do is, is quieten down the ego, right? Um, for a Buddhist, um, and specifically in my training as Zen Buddhist, but it's you can get this in um, Sufism in Islam. Uh, obviously, the Hindus are, are, are big on meditation too. Um, it's a question of gently, moment by moment, quietening down the conscious mind. And eventually, if the conscious mind becomes silent, well, firstly, that's that's when you get your candy as a meditator. It's like, oh, because life is quite stressful, isn't it? And if you get silent, it's like, oh. Yeah. And then there's a blank canvas. And that's when if there's something that your subconscious has been trying to tell you, but you've been swatting it away because you're shouting too loud the whole time. Or if you're a Christian, if there's something that God wants to tell you, but your ego's got in the way. That's when you can hear that very, very quiet voice that Elijah heard, the Buddha heard, that anybody who's ever experienced that little enlightenment moment, whether or not they're religious, it generally comes when the conscious mind has fully quietened down. But that's yeah. why I say that Zen is really a removal of consciousness. Mm. Yeah, okay. So um, that, yeah words are confusing aren't they because to me that would be higher consciousness when you follow that whisper all the time when you are always... you've got to be very careful because if you use words like higher and lower it's very easy then to attach to oh better and worse yes yes yeah that makes sense okay yeah it's a, it's an individual journey isn't it it's very individual not only There's is it no... it is individual and also it's each um, each part of the journey is an individual journey. Mm -hmm. So what works for me today quite likely won't work for me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Or if, if, if for somebody, for some people, it might be appropriate to meditate half an hour a day for three or four years in a row. And then for those same people, actually it might be appropriate for them to give it a miss for a year or so and then come back to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I think we need to be very careful not to attach to certain practices, certain things being better or worse per se, mm -hmm. but just always remain uh, a little bit flexible. Well, yeah, I, I, I hear that and I agree yet when i when i experience a more quiet mind and when i follow that what you call a whisper well i would actually i like to ask you is it is it to me it seems to come as a conversation that might be you. <laughs> you see, that, that's me. So I have these moments when I'm getting really quiet and I ask questions because I'm inquisitive. I'm, in, you know, and and I get answers and and I have then this 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 inside conversation with myself. Is that still my brain? Is that still, you know, I might have never actually hear, heard that whisper. I I have. I know I have experienced complete peace and quietness of my mind, but that was drug-induced. Right. I, 
it's it's what you're describing is is not at all unusual in fact it's the standard um and that's where maybe the um more rigorously disciplined practice could be useful um because um so for example um my my priest training was done with uh, this awesome guy called uh koro kesan miles um who's uh this is this old guy now with a big white beard mm -hmm. and the the core of my training with him was koan practice so so for example he would ask um a question a traditional question or, or a modern question so I, the first one he asked me was um the temple bell echoes across the valley what is the source of the sound and obviously i probably pinged back either a rational answer or the answer i felt was the least rational because i knew, knew that you weren't supposed to be rational but what was happening was that i was having a conversation i was using my conscious mind yeah. And he very politely but firmly gave me a, a, a Buddhist version of bullshit. <laughs> well, I would like to play, never mind. Yeah. And, uh, and um, it's another way of saying to your conscious mind, just just shut up, Michael. Mm -hmm. Shut your mind and go and try again. Don't, and don't so, be clever. Is it like, don't be clever. Try not yeah. to work this out. Exactly. Don't be clever. Try not to work it out. And, and don't argue. Um, and he wasn't saying don't argue with me, although that's part of the deal if you have a Zen teacher. Yeah. Um, he was saying don't argue with yourself. Just go and sit again. Because whatever answer you've just given, if you look at it for long enough, the husk of it will probably peel away and you'll get something a bit clearer. Uh, whereas if you start arguing with it, you'll probably end up just kicking the grain off the table and having to start again. So you look at it very passively get mm -hmm. even quieter but with your answer there present and it may be that by chance you've chosen the right answer and nothing will change and and uh, and as i understand there is no right answer correct uh, or rather there is not a right answer you can't put it in a book I mean, people have put them in books <laughs> which is quite <laughs> ironic <laughs> but no for each person there's a different answer and for each person, upon each occasion, there's probably a different answer. Which makes me think, how can the teacher know that this was not coming from complete presence, complete stillness? Right. And that's and that's why um, if you're going to do this, it, it, it's a real teamwork thing. You've got to really get to know your teacher. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that you threw into one of the Zen sessions I did with you, 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 you mentioned the very famous um, question, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Easy. Um, Bart Simpson. Ah, <laughs> like that. <It> was, <laughs> have seen this. So what he did is, how would you describe what you just did? Flapping your fingers against your palm. My, I don't know where the microphone is on my computer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, but that was that was an interesting practice for me because you didn't give me that as a practice because I was never wanting to become a Zen priest. But um, but it did. This question lingered in me a long time, 
one night sitting in the hot tub with my husband and feeling complete quietness and probably having a bit of uh, some intake of some certain medicine. Um, I, uh, uh, the answer that came to me was silence. Ah, yeah. So I felt, I felt this was the answer. It was a feeling, not a, a mental. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And if it feels, that's probably you it arriving felt. at the right place for you. Yeah. On that day. But if you, if you did the same meditation today, you might get that same, yeah, that's right, feeling from a completely different answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get that, yeah. So it's the, that's the contemplation bit. The contemplation is you sit with a question um, or, or a statement, I guess, um, and you allow yourself not to think about yeah. what the right answer is. You just sort of sit with it and leave it. So how I'm thinking about it is I hold it in the back <laughs> of my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the subconscious is um, such a... A large proportion of the thinking mind yeah um, it seems a bit of a waste the fact that we use it so rarely yeah yeah when i do my constellation my family constellation work i always get the impression probably the wrong word but i get a sense of being a channel mm. because not only do i have my facilitator hat on but also I seem to be able to drop into a non-thinking and just observing state of, of being. Ah, okay, yeah. And, uh, and when I facilitate, often sentences or words come to me that I don't know where they come from and I, I voice them. I usually say something along the lines of, I don't know where this is coming from, but I, I'm saying it anyway, and you tell me whether it's right or wrong or feels right or wrong, and I'm saying it. <clears throat> and uh, and it very, very often, quite often, uh, it's right. It feels right for the whole room. There's a, there's a sense of wow and goosebumps. Um, so for me, my, my family constellation practice is my way of dropping into that state of that I call silence. And, and that's, I think, a, a key point that if that's what works for you, that's what you should do. Mm -hmm. And um, I referred earlier to a sutra in which, in, in which Buddha um, said, you know, don't adapt, don't adopt a particular teaching. It's the Kalama Sutta. Don't adopt a particular teaching just because I said so, whatever. Um, the, the, the broader context of that was that um, he was visiting a, a, a village and um, they were at the time financially supporting the uh, Jain community. The various Jains. Um, it's, it's the people who don't shave their heads but pluck the hairs out. Um, hardcore vegans. Um, <laughs> their, their, their monks will always have a broom to sweep the bugs from in front of them as they walk. Um, yeah. So um, it, 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 the, the movement grew up um, basically at the same time as, as Buddhism. Um, and the people in the village were supporting uh, Mahavira, the Jain teacher. And they said, look, should we continue doing this? Because we're thinking of changing our support from him to you. And Buddha, that's when Buddha said, no, 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 no. 
um, Karen's supporting this guy. He's good too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. If it works I, for you, do it. Whatever yeah, works. I get it. Yeah. It. Whatever works for you, basically. If you need to go running, yeah, and mm. and you empty your mind by running, go running. Yeah. If if it gets you to the same place, I mean, you know, some practices like I don't know, Satanism, probably take you somewhere else. Um, Gosh, uh, never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. But if it, but but if it has it gets... a lot of content, you see, that's the thing. When you follow narratives then that's where you fill your mind I, I feel yeah um but that said there can be there can be stories with narratives like christianity and if you don't over attach to the narrative you can arrive at the same place it's a question of of how you do it i suppose although with satanism uh, i suspect there might be issues arising <laughs> <laughs> well yeah so i have i have another question um so you you did mention god Mm. And for some people, you mentioning God means, oh, he has an idea about God. And that it's that interesting. I want to know more about that. And for some people, it's very off-putting. Mm. So I um, wonder how, how you see just the word. Yeah. Um, well, I, I th that there is a, a concept of God that you'll get from certain religious groups. So, you know, the Christians will have a sort of a, a predefined package of God and they will vary to greater or lesser extents, but they'll basically have that package. And um, I, I don't believe in that package, no. Um, mm -hmm. I'm unwilling to rule out the existence of God simply because uh, that would be an act of faith because you can't prove a negative. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm not a person of any faith whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so if somebody were to prove to me that God exists, great. Um, if somebody could prove to me God doesn't exist, great. But so far, I've, I've not seen any uh, reasonable proof of either side so all right so so when you when you talk when you when you said earlier um that you experience did you say that i'm not sure did oh you okay yeah so i was talking about elijah and his experience of god i yes. understand what you mean um so different people will have different ways of expressing um the most profound truths of the universe. And uh, for some people, they will have this, this very extended metaphor that they will call God. Mm -hmm. But actually, for a lot of them, it's not a metaphor. It's actually a real being. Mm -hmm. uh, when, I, when I look at um, religions and their use of the word God, I'm understanding it myself uh, uh, as a metaphor for what those people believe. But yeah, as yeah. themselves, no, it's, it, it's real. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm probably a little bit um, slack about my use of the word God um, because I know what I'm thinking. Other people don't, mm. um, but no, I'm, I'm not subscribing to anything whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I'm well, I guess I am ruling out some of the stuff that seems a little bit unlikely. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. So um, I've recently had this. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I sort of. It's it's not only something that is being uh 
mentioned by what I call highly aware or conscious or awakened people, people who are practicing silence, if you like, uh, or practicing anything that takes you to silence, more like. Mm -hmm. um, and also in my own contemplation, I feel sometimes that we maybe we are not we are individual people but maybe we are not so individual as we think we are yeah. mm. uh, we might just be so there's there's people who say when i look at you i see myself mm. and then it's about managing my own action reaction or response and that, this is this is how I will know myself, and that's there's, the only way to know myself. So there's there's a um, an early um, Buddhist philosopher called uh, Nagarjuna, uh, not to be confused with the uh, Bollywood actor, um, and he looked at views like this about you know is there a god or whatever, uh, do I exist or not. And um, he encapsulated a view which um, became central to later developments of Buddhism, such as Zen, which is that um, there is not me, and, and, and we can know this because, um, for example, not one single atom of my body was in my body two years ago. Even mm -hmm. the calcium of the bones, right? Whoa, yeah. Well, actually, some of them were there, but only because they've gone out and come back. Yeah. Um, so, as far as that's concerned, there will be elements of me, not literally speaking, that are now part of you or whoever's watching this podcast, uh, and elements of you and them that are part of me. So, it's it's it's, it's artificial to say there's that there's me, because even on a mm -hmm. physical basis, we keep exchanging. Um, but at the same time, it's inaccurate to say that um, you and I are the same. Mm. Apart from the, you know, the obvious point that you're one end of this podcast and I'm the other. <laughs> yeah, we're not in the same country, greetings uh, from Prague. Um, and so Nagarjuna said, well, yeah, there is not Sylvia. Okay, Sylvia does not really exist as an individual unit. Mm. Okay. But also it's artificial to say that Sylvia does not exist because clearly she does. Mm. And we have to just adapt the idea, and it's a bit of a stretch for the human brain, that it's simply how you're looking at it. So when I'm at the airport, it's very reasonable for the gentleman at the booth to look at my passport and consider me to be an individual. Mm -hmm. right? But when we're looking at this, um, let's say chemically, it's equally reasonable to say, well, I'm, I'm just this temporary thing that keeps changing. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's inaccurate to say that I was the same person that I was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So if, if you get these feelings of um, you and I, maybe we're one, maybe we're not, um, it's possibly just, well, today I'm looking at it from this direction. So I'm feeling that we are one person, but tomorrow I'll be looking at it from that perspective and and then yeah. I'll be again. Well, well, I'm thinking of it uh, in 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 the way that we're all islands, and uh, 
there's a lot of water and we're sticking out of the water but underneath we're all connected like it nice yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay Good. yeah i'm glad we agree on that one <laughs> I think that's a good place to stop and not bore people too much. <laughs> it's not boring at all for me, but uh, and I could talk about this forever with you. Um, and uh, yeah, I would like to say that uh, you you not you, you have become a friend, but you used to be my teacher, and 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 I still see you as my teacher now. Um, when when I'm in a state of mind that I can't bear myself with myself, then you are my go-to person. Um, and I and I would like to ask Michael: Is is there anything you're offering to the world apart from your beautiful books um, uh, and your beautiful paintings? Well, anybody whoever wants to learn meditation, I teach meditation. Um, anybody who needs to talk anything through, um, they yeah they can get in touch with me, well either via you or um, I don't know, you can give them a link to my website or something in my email address. Yeah, there. I will put your website link um, underneath the, the video. Yeah, so any, anybody who, who wants to get in touch about well, anything, really, great. Yeah, yeah. okay, great. Well, thank you very much. Oh, it's lovely talking. <laughs> I do the namaste. <laughs> okay, it's COVID times. All this elbow bumping, why? The, you know, in India, they got... This perfectly nice gesture. We have this beautiful yes, indeed. Which is, I think, uh, it means I see you or something like, or I honor you, or I honor the God or Goddess in you, something like that. All of those work for me. Yeah, me too. Okay, thank you. Bye Pleasure. bye. Bye bye.